All right, everybody. Uh, here we are. We got another podcast here. We were going to do a Western Conference division, but in light of this Kevin Durant news that dropped on Monday, Brett and I were kind of holding off on talking anything about the Atlantic division. We wanted to wait until the end because that is one of the, if not the best division in basketball. But Brett, we're going to bring you in right away, man. It, it, this is this is craziness. So for those that, that don't know, Kevin Durant met with the Nets owner on Monday. He basically said it's either me or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. The owner came out. I think his name is Joseph. How do you say this? Ty? 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 Ty makes more sense. And he basically said that he stands with Sean Marks and Steve Nash and they're not going anywhere. And it just set off this whole thing, as I as I kind of alluded to in the beginning. Brett and I talked about uh, should we talk about Kevin Durant on the podcast? Should we not? Previously, and then this happened, and we just you know we 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 had to start with it. So I mean, Boston has been tied to Kevin Durant. Just recently, it came out today that Philadelphia has been on is has been added to Kevin Durant's list, which isn't surprising because Katie and James Harden are in Europe together. So and they're they're going all over the place. They're on a little bromance, which is cool. So. I have no freaking idea what's going on, so I think it's a perfect time to bring in Brett to give to give his thoughts, man. I mean, I got some thoughts too that I think is going to kind of blow your mind. But where, what are you? Where's your head at with all of this, Brett? Because I think I was going to say this later. I might as well say it now. I think if Ben Simmons returns to Ben Simmons from two years ago, and granted, that's a huge question mark. Like this Brooklyn Nets squad is really, really good with KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. Uh, they get Joe Harris back. They traded a first for Royce O'Neal. Like, this team is pretty, pretty, pretty good. We haven't even mentioned Seth Curry. I I like this team, um, If obviously, if Kevin Durant were to stay. But wh- what do you make of all this Kevin Durant craziness? Isn't it funny that Ben Simmons, you know, all of last season pretty much stole the headlines for – for Philadelphia and now in Brooklyn, he's kind of like an afterthought. It's like, oh yeah, they have Ben Simmons too. Um, and I agree with you, man. Like we can get into sort of all the moves they've made and and kind of where their roster is at. But like, yeah, if they can bring KD and Kyrie back and they're happy and they're willing to play ball and give it their all and buy in, like this is a really good team, just like they would have been last year if everything had gone normally and, and according to plan. But as far as the KD stuff and his meeting with Josiah, like, I mean, I definitely have questions just first of all like the way that i think we all kind of read the the shams charania report and the way that it was worded i don't have it in front of me but i think he said the pairing of marks and nash right it was yes, basically yes. like it's either me or the so is it is it both of them or is it one of them like it, it, the way that they said that the pairing it's like okay what if we just get rid of nash are you okay with marks or is it both of them which I, I, that's kind of what's been implied is that it's both of them. Um, but I do wonder, like, is it more Marks or is it more Nash? Because he was very supportive, to, to say the least, I guess, of the Nash hire. I know guy. some people say it's, it's like- yeah, it's his guy. Exactly. Like, I mean, that's that was kind of how it was reported at the time was this is who KD wants and their ties go back to the Warriors. Um, but even if, you know, at the very least, he was just supportive of Nash. It's kind of weird now that he's all the way out on him to the extent that it's like, if you don't fire this guy, I'm demanding a trade. Uh, So that I'm not quite sure about that, how much of it is Nash and how much, much of it is Marks, but I guess we just have to assume it's both. So it's it's weird, man. Like this entire thing is weird. Like I'm not going to sit here. I thought Sean Marks did a fantastic job of rebuilding that team, rebuilding that roster. 
Um, and maybe if we're going to criticize him a little bit, he probably gave too much power to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in hindsight. Like, I don't think like, you know, they should have given DeAndre Jordan all that money. And you look at some of the other players that they had on their team, it's like, that could be very, very helpful to them. It's, it's a little jaw dropping. The Steve Nash thing, I kind of understand. I think Steve Nash and uh, he reminds me a little bit of Jason Kidd. I, I don't think it's smart for some of these former players and granted their point guards and they're the smartest to ever play the game. I don't think it's necessarily smart for them to just go right into coaching without being an assistant coach first. Like I know you and I have talked about this. You know, I thought Jason Kidd was outstanding in Milwaukee, but I, I didn't think like after that, he was a very good X and O coach. He wasn't good at adjusting. And I don't think he was a good from, from a coaching standpoint. I don't think he was the best leader for that team. And then, you know, he goes and he's on the bench with the Lakers for two years and he's with LeBron James. And I think that really helped him. And you could see just watching the Maverick games this year, I thought Jason Kidd was a much better coach, but he exceeded my expectations. And obviously we'll see what he does in, in year two, but I just don't like Jared Allen would be perfect for this Brooklyn Nets team. Like they traded him away. I think we can get on Sean Marks a little bit for that. As I said, with Steve Nash, but what, what's what I don't understand is this was to me was the, this meeting with Joseph Sai and this report that came out, either me or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Dude, why didn't you say this a month and a half ago? Like this just is is screams desperation from Durant's part, which I don't really understand. And you we alluded to Ben Simmons earlier because this is exactly like a Ben Simmons situation. Kevin Durant, his four year contract, hundred and it's hundred ninety or hundred ninety five million dollars. Like Brooklyn does not have to do anything with him. They could do the Daryl Morey route and wait to the trade deadline, wait for a disgruntled superstar to, to whatever you want to say James Harden is, but wait for that person to get mad and then trade him. Like they don't, I still think that they hold all the cards. I don't like, why wouldn't Kevin Durant say this a month ago when he demanded this trade or actually let's rewind a little bit. Kevin Durant has never publicly said on Twitter or anywhere else that he wants to be traded. Obviously this is all in the media and in back channels. And granted, he has also never said that he didn't want to be traded. So let's just, I wanted to just say that, but like, I just don't understand why wouldn't you demand this a month ago, a month and a half ago. I don't understand the reason yeah. for doing it now. And you know, what is it? August 8th, you know, these dudes are reporting the training camp in a month for, yeah. or a month and a half, two months. I, I don't, I don't understand it. And I don't, for, as we talked about, Brooklyn's really good. If all those guys come back and obviously Ben Simmons is a huge question mark. It's, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. It's clear maybe this is Kyrie's last year and maybe Kyrie just opted in. So maybe he could get traded to the Lakers. I have no idea. I just, I don't know why Durant wants to leave Brooklyn. Obviously it's his right to demand a trade. This is the new NBA of the player empowerment era, but like wherever he goes, man, I, I, I hope like he understands that whichever team trades for you, dude, like they're giving up a lot, like a lot, a lot. And that's what I don't understand about it. And if you read Joseph Tsai's tweet, like he basically says after he supports the front office and Steve Nash, we're going to do what's best for the Brooklyn Nets. Like they are going to demand a haul and they don't have to do anything. So I I don't understand it. I mean, we can get into the Boston offer if you want. Like I I don't, number one, I don't like that move for Boston. If if it's Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and a bunch of future first round picks, I do not like that move for Boston. Number one, I think Boston's really fucking good, and they're the number one team in the East for a reason, and they deserve to be. I, I think that they just lose so much by those two guys. I, I just, dude, I just, I just don't get it, man. Like, what do, you, what, do you think he just wants to leave, um, Brett? Because it, it really is. Maybe it is, dude. Is it really Steve Nash? 
And that's it why James be. Harden demanded a trade and Kyrie Irving kind of, you know, he kind of demanded a trade, but didn't demand a trade. Like those guys, it's, it, we see, is it really just all Steve Nash? I don't know. I think the Harden thing, like I, I, I have to think that had a lot to do with Kyrie and his just not being on board, you know, not doing what it took to play. Uh, I, I, just the timing of it. Like I have a hard time believing it was, I mean, I'm sure there were other factors, but I think that had to have been a big one. Like, and as far as Durant, as far as this only coming out now, I mean, maybe this is what it's always been about though. You know, like when he first requested a trade or when that was first reported in the media, you know, it may have been about the same thing then. It may have been about Marks and Nash then, and it just didn't come out until now. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't yeah. know that he just yeah. request, was like, all right, I just went out of Brooklyn. And then like a month later kind of softened his stance where he's like, okay, I'll stay in Brooklyn as long as you get rid of these guys. I think it's always been a, about getting rid of Nash and Marks. And it just took this amount of time for, for that to get out uh, for whatever reason. Maybe that's um, intentional on the part of Durant's camp. I'm not sure about that, but like the bottom line for me, and I agree with everything you said about Marks. Like, I think he's done a good job for sure. Like inarguably. A good job. I think how he's good, been there good, since. How good, how good, I don't mean it. Like, how good would Jared Allen be on the Nets roster right now? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, th- yeah, definitely. Like, that 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 one kind of hurts. Um, He'd be perfect. Like, I think that's kind of what they want Claxton to be. And um, and, and Jared Allen's just kind of a better version of that at this point. Um, But overall, I think he did a pretty good job. I, I think he's been there since, like, 2016. So he kind of came, you know, after that. Celtics debacle had fallen apart and 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 did rebuild the team into a I mean they were the title favorites in the minds of many uh heading into last season so it's like he didn't do a bad job and then as far as Nash like as far as a first second year head coach I think he was okay it's you know I always have trouble evaluating coaches especially on a small sample size and especially when they're playing with three you know at the time top 12 guys. Yeah. Yeah. But just with all the injuries and like absences, like I definitely don't think it's fair to shit on Nash, but at the same time, like he hasn't done anything and that team hasn't done anything since he's, since he's been there to lead us to believe like, okay, this guy's like a, um, an elite coach, like right out of the gate. And it's good that you brought up kid because like maybe Nash could end up following a similar trajectory to that where he bounces around a little bit. Maybe he's an assistant. And then, you know, a few years from now he reemerges as a head coach and is, and does a really good job. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I always have faith in guys with brilliant basketball minds. Obviously that's the case with Jason Kidd and Steve Nash. But that said, um, I just think there's one really simple, obvious solution here <laughs> and it's to fire both of them. And yeah. you know what I mean? So I think, okay, so I think this comes down to, first of all, like, are we buying the validity of this report? If it, and We probably should. It's Shams. But, like, if this report is accurate, okay, assuming this report is accurate, that Durant essentially gave the owner an ultimatum saying it's him or Nash and Marks, if that's true, then it comes down to Joe Sy taking Durant's word. Like, okay, so assuming that report is true – Joseph Sy has to say, okay, Durant's serious. Like, if we fire these two guys, he's going to be all in. He's going to buy in. He's going to play the whole season. There's going to be no more drama like this season, right? Um, so, so if he believes KD, if he takes KD at his word, the simple solution is just to fire Nash and Marks. Because, dude, like, this, it's wild that KD would demand this. 
like it's pretty wild to like not only say the coach needs to go, but the GM needs to go too. Like it's a total unprecedented power move on the part of KD. It's wild. But at the same time, you know what would be even wilder would be choosing basically rookie head coach Steve Nash and Sean Marks over Kevin Durant. If it comes down to it's this guy or that guy, or this guy or those guys, I should say, how do you choose those guys over Durant? Why would you be so attached to them? Like I said, Marks has been there since I think 2015 or 2016, so well before Cy took over as owner. So it's not like Marks is his guy that he hired or anything like that. And then Nash, like I said, I'd say he's been fine, but like, why would you be that attached to him? to the extent that you would get into this mess with Kevin Durant where he's demanding a trade and you either have to move him or who knows if a holdout's a possibility uh, or if there's just going to be drama throughout the season or what. Like, I just don't – I think you just fire those guys. And um, and as long as KD's – as long as that report is valid and KD is telling the truth, uh, then you have that team that you talked about earlier, KD, Kyrie – plus all those other guys, like a legit finals contender if KD and Kyrie are healthy, not to mention Simmons. I mean, so that's my, like, I think the solution is really simple, and I, I don't know why you would choose Steve Nash and Sean Marks over well, I, Kevin I, Durant. I, I, uh, are they that great? I agree with you, but I, th- I think there, there, there's more to it. I, from, from Brooklyn's point of view, I think if, you're, if you are Joseph Sy. I hope we're saying his name right because we said his name a lot now. Sai. I think the T is silent. I think. I think. No I pun think intended. No. I think you have to figure out this Kyrie situation. And so let's just say, I mean, if if Kyrie is going to buy in now, some of the reports that I have heard, you know, just listening to other podcasts, is that the Brooklyn Nets offered Kyrie a max contract, but in order to for him to get all of his money, there's like a, a games played clause in there that you know he has to show up and play, and you know he. He did not want that. He he rejected that. He thinks the Lakers are going to give him something else. Who who? It's Kyrie, so who knows? Who knows? So I think you have to figure out that. I, I think it would be a lot easier decision for Joseph Sy to make. And I'm not saying like I, I agree with you. If if Kevin Durant is going to stay there for four full years, you have Ben Simmons. We'll figure out the Kyrie situation. I think that you fire those guys. I think that if Kyrie was signed to a max with Brooklyn, it'd be a no brainer. Hey, we we got to get rid of these guys. It's just you know it's it's Kevin Durant. We have no idea what he's thinking. As I said earlier, he has not spoken publicly about this. It's basically just leaked through the media on, on what he wants to do. So I, I don't under – I just – I think he's in a tough spot. I, I agree with you. If it was me, if I own the team, I would maybe try to keep Sean Marks. And I'd be like, look, man, we can get rid of Steve Nash and we'll get somebody We'll get somebody else in here that's got a little bit um, more veteran leadership, someone who has been a coach before. So I get that part of it. It's just – it's. From that standpoint, I'm with you. From from the from that standpoint, but let's say like Kevin Durant is, dude, he's not going to show up to training camp. Like he's he's going to to sit out until he gets his way. I don't believe that, but who knows, man? Crazier things have happened. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, you have to get the best return that you can possibly get. And because Kevin Durant has signed for four more years, like you don't necessarily have to trade him to where he wants to go. Now, obviously, that's going to be an issue for the team that is accepting him, but. I think like you, you gave up all those picks for James Harden. You absolutely have to recoup most of those picks, if not more, in order to move forward. 
that, that that's just what I think from from if you're going to go out and trade them, that's what you have to do. You cannot settle for anything less. Like the uh, Celtics fans in in our group and in my group chat and one of my good buddies Derek White, he's trying to tell me that you can give up Jalen Brown and Derek White and picks for like if you're Brooklyn, obviously if you're Boston that's a no-brainer, but if you're Brooklyn, there's no chance in hell you can accept that. You cannot accept that trade if you're Brooklyn. Like you have to get max max value for Yes, he's going to be 34 in September, but arguably the tenth, one of the ten greatest players of all time. Like you, I'm sorry, you have to get max value for that. Yeah, I mean, again, that just comes down to like that decision. Like if there, it's it almost seems like too simple. Like that there's just this ultimatum, and it's like if you're willing to fire Nash and Marks, you have Kevin Durant. If you're not willing to fire those guys, you have to trade him because he's either going to you know, hold out or make a a big stink about it or things just aren't going to be kosher this season. Like, I think it's gotten to the point where like, I don't know, I'm starting, it's crazy to say, but I'm starting to have a hard time imagining Durant in a Nets uniform if those guys are there, if this report is true. But like, I wonder how much this has to do with Kyrie. Like, is it, is it possible that it's more Kyrie doesn't want anything to do with Steve Nash? And maybe Sean Marks. Well, Kyrie came out today, Ky- or Kyrie's agent came out today and said he doesn't hate Steve Nash. He doesn't hate him. Was that the wording? Yeah. Well, let me just double check on that. I don't know if he strongly him. he strongly dislikes him though. But <laughs> that's, I'm just wondering, like, how much of this is Durant speaking for Kyrie, just because he's kind of in a position with more leverage? Like, is is some of this Kyrie too? And does Durant want to play with Kyrie, or does Durant want them to? Tra- I I don't know. Like, where are Durant and Kyrie at? Are they cool? Like, I just have so many questions about this. Um, and then, yeah, like, we, you know, we could talk about the the different potential uh, trade offers out there. I mean, the Celtics, of course, like you mentioned. Um, Philly, I know Philly somehow involved. And Phil, everybody, I, I guess. Philly would. Yeah. I, I mean, any everybody's going to make the call. Yeah, you know, from, like, from when he first demanded this a month ago, I, a bunch of teams, I, I think every team in the NBA reached out with a trade package for, for Yeah, And it's like, how many could actually do it? Like the Pelicans have been talked about. And like, mm-hmm. I think, I think somebody wrote something about how the Pelicans could put together uh, arguably the best package for Durant. And that kind of got misconstrued as like the Pelicans are seriously considered doing this. Cause I don't think that they are, but like if they did want to give up, uh, Brandon Ingram, maybe another one of your young players, a couple of those picks. Herb like Jones, that. Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones picks. I mean, that that would I, I wouldn't do that if I was the Pelicans. I really wouldn't. Like I, I'm a big, big Ingram guy, as much as I love Durant. Like I, Brent, I'm, me, me I'm very hesitant to do that, man. Me Ingram's either. 10 years younger. And um, he might like next year, who knows? He might be almost as good as Durant, especially if Durant has more injuries. Like, I wouldn't do that if I were them, but that's been talked about. But yeah, the Celtics with Jalen Brown, you could talk about um, the Raptors, uh, I know that they're unwilling to give up Scotty Barnes. That's obviously they the shouldn't Nets. either. They shouldn't either. I know, but what if you could get him for like OG and like Gary Trent Jr. and and some picks? I don't know. Like they, I just know that they they're interested and they've been talked about. And that one I could kind of see. And then you've got what uh, Philly with Tobias Harris, Maxi. Um, there's only so many teams that could put together a good enough offer. I think for Knicks. Durant, the Knicks. The Knicks? Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But I, again, like it's it, it's the reason I I think some of these are fun because we can look at it from different perspectives, right? Like like you said with Toronto, like if I'm if I'm Brooklyn, I, you're not getting Kevin Durant unless you give me Scotty Barnes. Otherwise, I'm gonna hang up the phone and that's it. You know what I mean? Like 
these, these it, it's, it's fun to do because these trades have to, you know, they have to make sense for Brooklyn too. And again, just from the very end of Joseph Sai's tweet, he said, we are going to do what's best for the Brooklyn Nets, which tells me that they are not going to settle. Like, hey, Kevin Durant, you don't want to play? We'll keep you at home then. And we'll roll out with Kyrie Irving if, he, if he's still on the team then. And, and Ben Simmons will go from there. It's just, dude, it's, just, it's fascinating, man. Can the Hawks get in on Kevin but, Durant? Yeah, but it's like, dude, how do you if, – if that's the alternative, like KD just staying home or not playing and you're just rolling with Ben Simmons and Kyrie, like – if that's the alternative, how do you say no to like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown and Derek White or whatever see, it's going to be? See, see, that's the thing though. So like I like one of the reports that came out, and it, it's it's funny. You know, first I think I think I don't know who called who. I think Brooklyn called Boston or maybe the other, and they were like, "Hey, we'll give you Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum." Obviously, Boston said no. Obviously, <laughs> and then they came back and said, "All right, give us Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Boston." You know, from from what we know, turn that down. If I'm if I'm Brooklyn, that is the to me looking at all these teams because obviously Miami can't trade Bam. If you're Phoenix, DeAndre Jordan can't get traded until January, anyways, and Devin Booker's not coming. Like that's the best offer that I'm looking at. You know, it's either it's either Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and a shit ton of picks, or Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, and a shit ton of picks. Like that, those are like the the A plus. If I'm Brooklyn, that's what I want. If I'm Boston, I don't know. I don't know how you do that if you're Boston. Like we we can get into Boston now if you want. I I just I don't I don't see how you can do that. It, Boston's yeah. so good as it is, and they lose so much defensively if they do that. You know what I'm I have saying? a hard like, I have a hard time with with including Smart. Like for you, me, me as too. as a Boston fan, I'm okay with Jalen and Derek White. You know, and whatever you know, a, a few picks. I, I suppose like that I'd be okay with, but. Smart and Jalen, I feel like you're taking away too much of the team's identity. Um, I just, I, I, I value Smart a lot more than White. Now, in a vacuum, you could say they're like the same tier of player. Maybe I think Smart's definitely better. But when we're talking about them in the context of the Celtics, Smart, it's almost like Draymond with the Warriors. Yes, but more so because of the type of duty is than like even the, the type of player. But like Smart, I mean, it's like cliche to say, but he's like the heart and soul of the Celtics. Um, it's a I lot like Draymond that. with the Warriors. Like he has way more value to them than he would have on any other team, in my opinion. So I have a tough time with that. Um, but again, man, like if I'm the owner of the Nets, I want to see what Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons looks like, and I'm gonna do what it takes to get that squad on the floor next year. And it sounds like that's firing the coach and the GM. And it's just, uh, I know it probably feels like caving into KD and like it's an unprecedented move for a player to have that kind of ultimatum. But like wh- that team could be so fucking good. And like, you know, let's let's talk real quick about the other things they did um, this offseason. First of all, was a I, I, I don't understand giving up next year's first round pick for Royce O'Neal. That I just, <laughs> I, I just don't understand it. I just don't get I, like how is how is Royce O'Neal? the best player you can get for a first round pick that like, Hey, your team's in turmoil. Like it could be decent. It probably will be in the twenties, but like, you know, but, but even that, like you would think that that's worth, worth more than Royce O'Neal. I don't know. Maybe people are seeing something I'm not seeing with Royce O'Neal, but I just have never seen it with the guy. It's like, okay, he's a good defender or whatever. But uh, anyway, they did lose Bruce Brown to Denver. So like, I guess, you know, he could have some value there and maybe, 
filling in for some of the void left by Bruce Brown um, defensively. And then um, they did sign TJ Warren too. I like, like that signing, dude. Yeah. I, I like that. Si- like we're on the same page, Brett. Like if depending on what you can get from Nick Claxton, like I like rolling out a lineup. I think it's just a fun lineup to roll out. Ben Simmons at the five, Kyrie, KD, Seth Curry, and Joe Harris. And just say, I don't know. Yeah, defense that's going to be played, how good it's going to be, but from an offensive standpoint, like, let's go. Like, I, I just think they, they have some fun lineups, and I still think they can maybe make some other trades. Obviously, this is apparent on if, if KD comes back, but dude, you and I, I'm actually surprised because I, when I, um, when I told you before this podcast, I have a surprise Kevin Durant take that I don't think you would agree with. That that's what it was, dude. Like to me, you fire Steve Nash and you fire Sean Marks, or you definitely fire Steve Nash and you say, hey, Kevin. Sean Marks is going to stay, but I'm sure Sean Marks would probably quit anyways because Steve Nash is his buddy, and that was that was the guy that they they both wanted. I just – it's a bizarre situation, man. And the more and more that I think about it, if you're some of these other teams, I don't know how you give up what you have to give up for a 34-year-old Kevin Durant who, let's be honest, man, ain't the most durable player in the NBA. He's yeah. always hurt. How do you – No, like, I mean, how he, he wasn't – he actually he had been pretty durable other than like the one year he missed with a broken foot but yeah like the last few years obviously that has not been the case he's missed a ton of time like i don't even know how many games he's played for the nets but uh not many and like i'm with you like i think you know to go back to the pelicans thing cuz people were talking about like in our group they were saying like ingram herb jones plus like five first round picks I'm like fuck that if i'm the pelicans like i think ingram could be at least 85% as good as Durant next year, maybe 90%. You know what I mean? Like he's 24. He's going to get better. Durant's 34. He's going to get a little worse. It's going to happen. Like Brandon Ingram might be almost as good as him. And then you're talking about like four or five first round picks on top of that and Herb Jones. And that seems to be like in line with the Nets asking price for Durant too. So, and I think that's insane. And then, yeah, when you go back to the Celtics, it's like, okay, like I don't know about Jalen and smart. Like if I'm the Sixers, I don't know about, even Tobias and Maxi, that I would probably do if if that was, you know, but that's just me. I think there's a lot of people that would be reluctant to give up Maxi, Sixers included. Same with the Raptors. I don't know if I give up Scotty Barnes for Durant. That's close. It's tough, but I don't know that he's worth, yeah, what he would have been worth in 2017. You know, I mean, I know he's not worth close to that, but this asking price, these potential trade packages that are being discussed are astronomical. And like, I know you got to give up a lot to get Kevin Durant. I get that. And I would, I would give up a lot to get Kevin Durant, but um, some of this stuff is pretty crazy and it's just going to be interesting to see. Like, and I don't know, man, I know they're looking at that Gobert trade and they're like, well, they got this for fucking well, I, Rudy I Gobert. Was, I think that was more of an outline. I think that was, I think every, every it was, GMA but like, knows that that was just ridiculous. But the, the DeJounte Murray thing was kind of crazy too. Like, yeah. was that, was that four first round picks for DeJounte Murray? Something so like, like th- then they're just like, yeah, okay. So this was Gobert. This was Murray. This is Kevin fucking Durant. This is a top 10 player of all time. Like he averaged 30 last year, blah, blah, blah. Like they're asking a lot. It's just like, who's going to give first. Um, but look, if I'm another team, I don't know that I give up that astronomical asking price for Durant. And if I'm the nets, I'm leaning towards bringing him back. Like, you know, like that is a like this is pretty much their rotation. I have it written down here. It's it's it would think of this starting five and assuming Joe Harris, they'll probably ease him back in, but he's going to be healthy next year, I think. Kyrie, Joe Harris, KD, Ben Simmons, 
Nick Claxton. And then off the bench, you've got Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Royce, first round pick O'Neal, Cam Thomas, and TJ Warren, you know, who is kind of like a who knows, man? TJ Warren looked like a star in the bubble, but he's only played four games since then. The guy's missed I, two two full seasons now. And I mean, I, I'm not expecting much from him, but Jesus, like he we all know how good he was um in the bubble. What a shame that that the last two years have gone like they did. But hey, man, you look at that team on paper. They've got Dayron Sharp. I didn't even mention him. Like, they've got a squad, man. Um, that is a I'm not gonna say they're the deepest team, but that starting five is is lethal. And, um, and I still think Ben Simmons could be a good fit with those guys, but you know, so, Hey man, if it, if, if that, the last thing I'll say is if, if it is true that you get Kumbaya, KD and Kyrie all happy, all on board with everything hooping, all you got to do is get rid of Nash and Sean Marks. I think that's a no brainer, but again, it comes down to how truthful is that report? And how much does Josiah take KD at his word? So I, I think there's an obvious solution, though. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And just to touch on your New Orleans Pelicans point, like if you're Kevin Durant, okay, like, or even if you're a Pelicans fan, what are you going to go roll into next season with? CJ McCollum, Zion, who can't stay healthy, and Kevin Durant? Like, that's your roster. Have fun, dude, in the West. Like, let's not we'll, – we'll talk about the Pelicans, I'm sure, a lot lately because there's some future bets that I really like with them. But – Let's be honest, man. They were thirty six and forty six last year, and, and finished as the AC. Like, let's let's just cool the Jets on that. But I have a sleeper team. Before we move on to some of these other teams, I have a sleeper team that is my favorite trade for Kevin Durant. Are you mm. ready for this? Yeah. Prepare to fall off your chair. And I'm gonna <laughs> it's a high I'm gonna, chair. And I'm gonna convince you for it because I think because this one player is involved, I think you're gonna say no. But let me see if I can convince you for it. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and for Kevin Durant. Oh, think, think about it. Think about this. So you have the you have a two time MVP in Nikola Jokic. Without those two guys all season, you just finished forty eight and thirty four. Basically, you're adding Kevin Durant to that forty eight and thirty four team. You yeah. still have Aaron Gordon. You still keep the majority of your roster. You still have KCP. I like that trade for Denver just because. Why the fuck not? Like if. if if you're going to make a gamble and you're Denver, because I, I think Denver with Jamal Murray coming back and Michael Porter Jr., I just think they're a little overrated. I mean, if I hear one more NBA podcast talk about, oh, my God, the starting five of, of – uh, or when Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal they just they just killed the – okay, man, dude, it was like eight games. Like, let's chill. And it was two years ago. Let's just chill with that. I, if I'm Denver, man, I think long and hard about that. Now, again, I haven't – seen anything on Twitter or Hoopsype or any listen to any podcast that like have said that, but I think Denver could be a nice little sleeper for Kevin Durant. And if I'm Kevin Durant, I would want to go play with Jokic. I would want to go play in Denver with that squad. And if you're Brooklyn, all right, man, you get back Jamal Murray, you get back Michael Porter Jr. And maybe a pick or two. I mean, that's, that's solid. Obviously there's the, the humongous red flag injury with Michael Porter Jr., but who knows? I like that trade for Denver, man, and I like that trade for Brooklyn. That's just that's just me, though. Man, that's definitely one that I hadn't thought of and I haven't heard mentioned even. I think it's just widely assumed that uh, that Murray and MPJ and Jokic are going to be just trying to make it work there. That would be that would be wild. I mean, I'll say this: like if you have Jokic and Durant, you don't really need a point guard. 
like between those two guys, like they handle the ball enough that like, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't even want like a, a high usage point guard with those guys. Like you probably could run some weird lineup. Like you've never seen two guys like that together never on the same team. Like that would be unprecedented. And like, you know, arguably let Ishmith well, point guard, dude. Ishmith. Well, can yeah, yeah. He he probably exactly. Or bring him off the bench and just run some weird lineup with like you know, like four forwards and Jokic. They're like you know, like a two, like KCP three forwards and Jokic. Like you, you could make that work. Um, because that would be the glaring hole. Obviously, is like, hey, we don't have a point guard, but you have Ishmith, and you don't really need one probably in a lineup with Katie and Jokic. I don't know, man. That's that's an interesting one. I had not thought about that at all. I, I kind of like it. I don't know. I mean, the Nets trading for two guys coming off injuries, it's like, but if they could get back to their selves from, you know, 20, 2021, then you're probably, you might win that trade, certainly in the long term. I mean, that's healthy MPJ and healthy Jamal Murray is by far the best offer you would you get would you do would you, if you were Brooklyn would you do Michael Porter Jr and Aaron Gordon mm, no I'd fire Steve Nash and John Marks well, I know I know that I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking hypothetical um I don't I don't think that's quite enough I think you can get a better offer from another team I'd I'd, I'd rather have I'd rather have Jalen and um and uh and Derek White even just because like I'd say like Derek White and Aaron Gordon are I mean, Aaron Gordon's better than Derek White, but like the health stuff with MPJ is uh, is concerning with his history Definitely. and the fact that it was another back injury and he's six ten. Like I I I love Michael Porter Jr. You know this, but like the injuries are a real concern with him more than almost any other player in the league, just Jamal because Murray. of the nature of Jamal them in the history. And Aaron Gordon. I mean, I'd feel a lot better about it if if Jamal had played last year and I could have seen like, okay, he's back. Same with Michael Porter Jr. And just, and it was weird that we didn't see those guys. Like I was fully expecting to see at least one of them for the playoffs and uh, especially Jamal. And it's weird that they didn't come back. And now you're kind of like, I don't know. I I don't think I would just because of the the injury concerns. Like, are we sure he's all the way back? There's been plenty of guys that have never been the same after an ACL. And then we don't need to talk about the, the back injuries with MPJ. Like, but I think there's a if if you if you could be promised that they're all the way back, I do it in a heartbeat. But with the uh, injury concerns that exist, I probably say no to that and go with like a safer bet with like the Maxi from Philly, or if that was even available, or like the Jalen Brown for Boston, or maybe like the OG from and Gary Trent from Toronto, something like that. Um, I'd probably go with that, just a safer bet. Because it could backfire in a major way if you, you know, if you try, if you trade for an injury prone guy and he stays and he keeps getting injured or just isn't the same as he was. I agree. I agree with you, but I don't know, man. A part of me just really wants to see Kevin. Durant. That's an interesting Kevin one. Durant God, and Jokic play together. Oh my God! I, Can I, you I imagine? Really, I think because here's here's my thinking, and I know we spent almost forty minutes talking about Brooklyn and Kevin Durant. We're gonna. We're gonna you you said we would. I knew we would. <laughs> I knew we would too. Like I, I'm just looking at it, like dude, you're. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. didn't play last year. So you're just essentially taking that team, adding KCP, and you're oh, adding Durant. Bro, from the Nuggets perspective, um, I think I think you definitely do it. And uh I mean it's I, it's not an easy trade to make. Like you're giving up a lot in in theory. 
you know, assuming these guys are going to get back. But like, I think you have to do it. And yeah, that would be ridiculous. Uh, KD and Jokic, they probably would they become the title favorites? I they'd certainly so. be. I'm not. They'd sure. be in I'm the top. Sure. I, I, they'd be in the top three or four for sure. Yeah, as as we're looking into this, I'm not so sure that you could trade both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. just because of the contracts. But if you're fucking Brooklyn, throwing Ben Simmons to that deal, I don't know. I just want to see whatever. Uh, you might have to actually. You might. Have. Yeah, I think you have to. I you might have to if you're taking back MPJ. Away. I think it would have. It might. I'd have to look into that. I don't know that much about this stuff, but I think you might have to. You might have to include Ben Simmons to bring back MPJ because of that weird like rookie extension rule. I might, I, MPJ. I, I think MPJ man. might fall into that. I love it, man. I love it. All right, dude. And it's a fun and, one. Well, we're gonna talk more about Kevin Durant in Brooklyn because the team, dude, that is the number one team in the East that went to the Eastern Conference Finals champs. Went to the NBA Finals. Fantastic team, dude. All they did was basically trade nobody for, for Malcolm Brogdon. They gave <laughs> up uh, Neesmith, Daniel Tice, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juwan Morgan, and a first-round pick for Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> No-brainer, obviously, dude. That's a hell of a trade. I, I if, for, if anything, it's, it's a luxury that Boston has. I don't know how much Malcolm Brogdon is going to help them just because I think Boston is so good and stacked anyways. And I'll be honest, man. I, I, I like Malcolm Brogdon. Dude just can't stay healthy. I mean, if I, I will, will allow like the bubble season to happen. But dude, two years ago he played fifty six games. Last year he played thirty six games. Like I, I like him. He's really productive when he can play. But I just it's it's a luxury for Boston. You do that trade ten times out of ten. Boston was already the favorites going into next season. I think this makes them just. It doesn't do anything to make them not the favorites. Um, as a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I hope that they trade Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Kevin Durant because I don't think they're title favorites then. But, I mean, I hope they don't do it as an NBA fan. I hope they don't do it. All their guys are homegrown. I think it's cool when homegrown teams win. I, I just – there's not much to say about Boston other than that they yeah. had a good offseason. Jason Tatum needs to get better. I think we all know that. Jalen Brown clearly outperformed him in the NBA Finals. And, dude, he's 24, 25 years old. Like, these guys will be fine. Just keep keep building – as an NBA fan, Boston, don't do anything stupid. Don't break these guys up. As a Bucks fan, dude, please, man. Get, you can give it to Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Trade him for Kevin Durant, dude. Ugh, have at it, man. Have fun with that. Have fun with that. Yeah, man. I mean, look, it's weird for me because it's like I'm not super attached to Jalen, but like Jalen and Smart feels like too much. Like I said in the last segment, we were talking about the Nets. Um, so the, as far as the Durant stuff, like I can't, I definitely see what you're saying. And like, this is why I think a lot of Celtics fans are reluctant to do it. And this is why, like, I think I texted you when the news first came out that, you know, the Celtics were in the mix for Durant or whatever, that calls had been made. I was like, the Celtics would be insane not to do it. Any Celtics fan that says they don't want Durant is insane. Like, and I was basically at that time of the mindset, like, Hey, do whatever it takes to get. Durant. This is Kevin Durant. But the more I think about it, um, the more I see where people are coming from. And like you said, like they already would have been, if not the title favorites, like certainly, you know, one of the three or whatever. And then they go ahead and don't really lose anybody except Daniel Tice, who was probably overpaid. And they bring in Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. They got better. You were in the finals last year. You clearly got better this offseason. 
Like why guys would are going to take a jump? Like Jade, why we expect Jason Tatum? To take why would a you jump? break it up? Because even a slight jump from like being a finals team is like winning a title. So I get that logic, but like I I just want to see what Tatum and KD would look like. I think Tatum becomes unstoppable if he's paired next to KD, and I don't think KD's ever been paired with a wing of the caliber of. Jason Tatum like I think that could be insane and I I so I would do it for I would do it for Jalen and and White plus the the standard whatever the picks would be and um I but I don't think I would do it for Jalen Smart in the picks like I think that's the it's got to be White and not Smart and I think Time Lord is is off the table I know some people have mentioned that but um but yeah like assuming that they don't get KD and they just stay as they are. I think they had a really nice off season. I mean, the Gallinari for two years, 13, like I think that's a very fair contract. Uh, he's, he's 33, but also he's only 33. Like he's not ancient. Um, he provides them with season. I don't think he'll play much in the playoffs. So it's hard to say, well, it's, it's hard to say. So for, you know, we, we know he gives them shooting tons of shooting, which is something that they've kind of just always needed. I feel like in ever since, I don't know if the Brad Stevens even first came into the picture. Like, I, I feel like every season I say the Celtics could, they could use a little more shooting. Um, I mean, who couldn't, but like Gallinari certainly provides that. Um, I was looking at his numbers from last season. Like I kind of felt like he always seemed washed in Atlanta, but then I looked at his numbers from last season and he was actually super efficient. And, um, you know, he's still a very good offensive player. So I, I like that. I think the, the thing with Gallinari is, um, he can't guard anybody. He's one, probably one of the worst defensive players in the league at this point. But like on the Celtics, does that even really matter? Like he's going to be surrounded by three or four elite defensive players at all times. So like I think I think Gallinari is a nice fit for them because he provides them with something they need in shooting. And his biggest deficiency, which is defense, is something that can be masked uh, pretty easily based on the Celtics roster. They they're loaded with great defenders as we all know and yeah the brogdon thing was a no-brainer like um i just had it written down like 23 first tice neesmith etc i know yeah. you mentioned like juan morgan and nick St- i don't know like but all i know is they got uh they, they got brogdon no for they, they gave up no yeah money. that's that's a no-brainer and like you know there are health concerns with him like you alluded to um but he's likely going to be coming off the bench you know barring another trade for uh, including smart like i would think smart comes back as the starting point guard i'd say that worked out pretty well and um i think brogdon and brogdon and white will be coming off the bench so i mean that that's like like brogdon's i don't know definitely one of the best bench players in the league right like maybe he's up there he'd he'd, he'd be up there i mean dude he was great sixth man early sixth man candidate yeah like he's great off the bench and that's a smaller workload it's less chance that he gets injured um i don't know i mean i'd I love the fit. That was a no-brainer. I think that was one of the nicest moves of the offseason. Now he's he signed a two-year extension for forty-five million about a year ago, about this time last year. So so he's under contract through twenty-four, twenty-five at, at about uh, twenty-three million a year. Which I don't know. Maybe it's a little on the high side, but it's reasonable enough. Like it's the type of move you make when you're trying to win a championship. But like they're they're. They're fucking loaded, man. Like, I know this isn't like a preview. This is more a review. But, you know, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford, Rob Williams, say, as their starting five. And then you have Brogdon, Derek White, Gallinari, 
Grant Williams, uh, Peyton Pritchard, like off your bench. They are loaded. And they drafted J.D. Davison out of Alabama with the 53rd pick. Um, quick shout out there. He led summer league in assists per game. I think it was, it was certainly a Celtics summer league record uh, for assists. And it's one of the, I think he had one of the highest assist totals in summer league history. Um, very athletic guard. He's a guy where like, if you had told me a year ago that J.D. Davison was going to go 53, I'd be like, hell no. He was projected as like, a top 15 pick uh, at the start of last college season and his stock just fell a little bit. So I think they also made a really smart pick. I think they had one of the best off seasons in the league. And, um, and I definitely get the argument where it's just like, Hey, let's just roll with what we got and not fuck this up. But at the same time, if you have a chance to get Kevin Durant, it's like, all right, well, let's talk. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. And- that's a t- as kind of a Celtics fan. That's a, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just play devil's advocate for a little bit. Um, you know, if you are Brad Stevens, it, it all depends on how you look at Boston's run this year. So, like, I tend to look at it like Boston. This is just me personally. Boston's a really good team. They deserve to Don't be bring good. up Middleton. Don't bring up Middleton, please. Well, I'm going to when I play devil's advocate. <laughs> solid team, dude. They made the NBA Finals. Like, dude, you, you, you run it back. You have a chance to do that again. You have a chance to do what no team since – what the Spurs 10 years ago when they lost in, you know, kind of heartbreaking fashion to Miami, obviously Boston kind of similar lost in that in the Steph Curry game. But if you're looking at this devil's advocate, and again, like I don't necessarily agree with this, but all right, like up until January, we were a 500 team. There was talk that we had to split up the Jays. All of a sudden we clicked. We got on a super hot run. Our defense was unbelievable. We have Al Horford, who at 36 probably looked like he was 26, but at the same time, he also took a year off from basketball to play. Do you look at it? All right, if Chris Middleton plays, Milwaukee Milwaukee beats them. Do you look Maybe. at it? Miami was banged up. Do they beat them? And then you kind of look at it. Time Lord, he's really good, but he's always injured. What are we going to get from Al Horford? You know, Jalen Brown is an unrestricted free agent in two years. How you know? There's reports that you know he kind of he wants to leave, and then you kind of have to factor in which I think all these NBA teams are doing. I think we just clearly saw Minnesota do it. Milwaukee did it with their trade for Drew Holiday. You know, all these superstars, who's going to be the next one that, that's disgruntled? Is it going to be a Jason Tatum in a couple of years if, if Boston struggles next season? I don't think that, but I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate. Is he going to demand a trade? You know, there's all, you know, Kobe Bryant, LA, all that talk. So, I mean, if you're Brad Stevens, maybe you feel a little bit of pressure and maybe you're like, all right, I have to give up Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart to get Kevin Durant, to keep Jason Tatum happy, to give us our best shot in the next three years. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Again, if I was working the Boston Celtics front office, I would just stand firm. It's Jalen Brown, Derek White, and picks for Kevin Durant. That's our final offer. We're not moving off of that. I would not give up Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. I think that kills them defensively. Offensively, they'll be good. But, you know, you're looking at an off-injured Kevin Durant, an off-injured Time Lord, and you have Al Horford, who's old as shit. And I'm not sure he can have another season like he had last season. He was, he was phenomenal. I wouldn't do it if I was Boston. I understand yeah. the feel to it. But, I mean, I don't know what Brad Stevens is thinking. I'm thinking, he obviously, he's way smarter than we are. I, I can't imagine – I cannot imagine him putting Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in that deal when you're that loaded. You're too deep, some three deep at every position. And, really, all you got to do to probably – to remain a contender is – make time more healthy. Like that's, that's yeah. literally your only concern going into this season. So I, 
Again, I don't know what they want to do. Boston keeps uh, – they have, they run a pretty tight ship as far as leaks to the media. But, again, if you're worried that Jalen Brown is going to leave and, you know, did Marcus Smart – is this the best he's ever going to get was last season and it's just there's – he can't get any better and it's just going to go downhill for them. Maybe you do it. I wouldn't do it. But, dude, it's, it's, it's a discussion for them to have because I don't know what they're going to do. How about this, though? Like, didn't it seem like based on his reaction on Twitter or whatever that Jalen Brown found out? that he was in these trade talks through that report from Shams or whoever it was like, like it didn't seem like he knew that he was on the table for Durant or like that. He, that, that had even been discussed. Like I forget exactly what he said on Twitter as kind of a reaction to it, but it was something like SMH, like, you know, and, um, and then you're like, well, who leaked that? Like, I don't think it was Boston. So it's like, did the Nets leak that to so Boston kind of loses leverage in a potential Brown oh, trade or sure. that Brown I'm gets sure. upset by it Boston? Because now it's like, okay, yeah, we're no, yeah, we're just going to run it back from last season. But now Brown's got in his head, like, hey, th- I was the guy that they were going to trade. And look, man, they understand it's business. Like, I think it should be obvious, like they that you know they value Tatum more than Brown, and that Brown would be the guy in a potential Durant deal. Like, I don't know that it was a shock to him to find that out, but to find it out that way. And um, and then just to have in your back in the back of your mind, like I don't know, maybe he won't be a hundred percent committed, or you know, maybe he will end up leaving, you know, at the end of his contract or or whatever. But it's just funny the power of these Woj bombs and Shams bombs that that like a team can leak something to one of those guys and then they drop it and it's like it just changes the whole narrative and like that that shit affects these players and like I'm sure that shit affected Jalen Brown. I'm sure too, um, man. And, and all it took I'm was sure. someone on the net side to leak it. So it's like there's this new weird way that teams can sort of get a leg up on each other by like leaking stuff about each other. And um, who knows where exactly that came from. But my guess is is from the Brooklyn side because it doesn't do Boston any favors in terms of either um, a potential trade or just like in the long run keeping Jalen. Now he's got this in the back of his mind and. You know, I'm sure some guys will understand that that's just business in the nature of the league, but other guys might be like, hey, like, I wish you had come to me before before it got out in the damn media and I heard it from fucking Woj or Shams. So I just think that's an interesting side note with this story, and I think it applies across the whole league and and just with this kind of new media landscape where um, where this is the way that guys find out about stuff a lot of the time. So I'm with yeah, you, man. And, yeah, and- but I, I see both sides of the – to, of the Durant to the Celtics thing. I really do. I see both sides to me. Smart's kind of the deal breaker. Um, but, uh, I, I, I guess if I had to lean one way at this point, it would be to just keep it how you have it because they've had such a good off season. It's like, okay, if they hadn't gotten Brogdon and Gallo, maybe then I'd be a little more inclined to say, Hey, do whatever it takes to get Durant. But because they've had such a good off season, um, I, I I'd be just fine with them standing pat and, and running it back with what they've got. I agree, man. I, uh, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't do it if I were them, but like I said, as the Bucks and me, please, please trade um, Jalen and Marcus. All right, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to Philly. Another team who um, is on Kevin Durant's list because Kevin Durant and James Harden, as alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, are on a Euro trip, a Europe trip together. <laughs> Euro trip, baby. Yeah. So dude, here's, here's Philly's off season. Obviously, they re-signed James Harden to a massive discount. He got two years, $68.6 million with a player option after the second year. I'm sure there's a handshake deal 
that he's going to get the max after this season if he plays well. Because he took this discount, they were able to sign P.J. Tucker to a three-year, $30 million deal. P.J. Tucker's my guy, man, Milwaukee legend. But damn, he's going to be getting paid $10 million, Brett, at the age of 40. And that's a player option for him, too. So he's definitely probably going to opt into that. Um, they also traded the 23rd pick, Danny Green, and Danny Green for Anthony Melton, who I really like. I just they also added Daniel House. I I I like what they did, man. I thought they had a great offseason. Um, they get an A plus for me. I don't know how on earth they can possibly get Kevin Durant. I I literally I know you kind of touched on it too. They give up Maxi. I don't know. Obviously, we'll talk more in the preview section. Their whole NBA title run is going to depend on Joel Embiid's health and obviously what kind of shape is James Harden going to show up in. Can he at least be, you know, 80, 85% of the player that he once was? That's to be determined. But, yeah, man, I, I actually think that Philly, compared to where they were when the season ended to where they are now, I think they had one of, if not the best off seasons. Uh, I think they completely kind of turned it around here. And, yeah, I really, really like what they did. But I'm not going to get too excited. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that on the preview pod that we do later on this offseason. But, yeah, man, I thought they had, just on paper, man, they, they had an A-plus offseason. Yep. Yep. Certainly one of the better off seasons in the league. And it, it actually took me kind of looking over it and reconsidering everything to be like, oh yeah, this, yeah, they kind of nailed it. Um, and of course this is assuming they don't make a trade for KD. Like I hate that. I kind of hate that. Like ev- everything has to do with him where like you, you sort of have to put that, too, that disclaimer, what is, what is, but it's like, you've seen it. Like the whole league shut down. Like no, nothing's really happened. Like everyone's yeah, kind of waiting to why, see what happens. Why does, why does Brooklyn just love, trading with Philly and boss. I, I don't get it. Like these three teams love trading. I, it makes no sense. This is but whatever, but this is so like Durant reported reportedly said that, you know, the Sixers were one of his preferred destinations. Philly, I think along with came out that Boston, Philly's Miami believe that they, they, they have a shot at getting Kevin Durant. The who Philly's higher up. So probably. Oh, well, and, yeah. I mean, I obviously Tobias Harris has to be a part of it. And then it would be, it would be maxi. Like there's no, there's no, like, there's not like, like, okay, it's not gonna be MB. It's not gonna be Harden. So like it, so it's Tobias Harris to make the contracts work. And then there's no other player on that team where you could be like Tobias Harris and this guy for Kevin Durant. It's like no fucking question. They hang up the phone. It would have to be Maxi. And it's funny because it seems like the Sixers are unwilling to give up Maxi, but from the net side, I don't think Harris and Maxi plus, I don't care how many picks is even enough. For Durant. I like I, I like Maxi a lot. I really do. I've come around on him after doubting him a little bit coming out of college. Um, he he's a fantastic player. Um, so I, I just think I don't think either side really wants to do that for Maxi. I, I like if that makes sense. It feels like it's too much uh, for the Sixers to give up, at least from kind of the reports that have been out there. And then it's not quite enough for the Nets. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of speak about their offseason, um, assuming they don't trade for Durant. The PJ Tucker thing is is pretty wild. They use their mid level exception, um, three years, thirty three million. Yeah, with like you said, with a player option on the third year at age thirty seven. So this guy's gonna be forty years old with a like. Who knows if he's even gonna be a functional basketball player at that point? He's very well goes, may it, not be. It, once it goes, it goes quick. Bro, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. And with PJ, so much of his value is his is his defense, his switchability, his ability to switch out onto the perimeter and defend in space, move laterally. Like, who knows? I don't know if he's going to be able to be doing all that at age 40, but he's going to have a player option that he's obviously going to opt into um, for like $11.5 million at that stage. So, hey, 
good for PJ Tucker. Like that's one of the best contracts I've ever seen a 37 year old get. Um, I mean, it, 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 like we talked about in the other pod, like it hurt to lose him from Miami's standpoint, but also like, do you want to pay him three years, 33 at age 37? I don't know, but he slots in as their starting small forward. I'm pretty sure or power forward, depending on how you want to look at the dynamic between him and Tobias Harris, but he's coming off a great year for Miami. I think he he helps them a lot in the short term, assuming he's the guy he was last year. Um, that that's absolutely huge for him. It's kind of like what they've wanted to get from Thibel, where it's like you get that defense, but Thibel just can't play offense. PJ Tucker can knock down corner threes um like is nothing. And then he's got the Houston connection with Harden and Daryl Morey. Um, so you know, they're all familiar with each other. And then with Dan- Daniel House, who they also signed for two years, eight million. Uh, in another kind of nice under-the-radar signing. And then the thing I posted about this today in our group, I'm such a big DeAnthony Melton fan. I saw that. And he he's awesome. He's an elite defensive guard. He rebounds it really well for a guard. Uh, he's a very good perimeter shooter. He's at about 39% from three over the last two years. So he's another guy that can provide them that defense while also uh, being far more than serviceable on offense. And they got him uh, for David Roddy. I know people like to say, oh, they gave up a 2022 first round pick, but like they gave up David Roddy. That's who the pick was. And and uh, an injured, probably never playing again, Danny Green. And they got DeAnthony Melton, who's going to be a hell of a backup guard for them. So, man, they've had a really nice offseason. And, and, and like they're another team, kind of like the Celtics, where it's like you were pretty damn good last year. You definitely got better this offseason by adding PJ Tucker, uh, Melton, and, and Daniel House, like clearly got better. And it's like, I, I don't know that you look to make a, a big KD trade by like not only giving up a couple of your most valuable players right now in Harris and I guess Maxi, but like the picks down the road. I just think, hey, this is a team just like the Celtics that should kind of stand pat with where they're at right now because that could be a really fucking good team. When you look at a starting five of Harden, Maxi. PJ Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid with Melton, Melton, Shake Milton, Thibel. You know, like this is a team that had a really weak bench last year. In my opinion, one of the worst in the NBA. They got a little deeper. I would still say that's their weakness, but at least you have like Melton and House now coming off your bench. In addition to you know Paul Reed, Milton, Thibel, Korkmaz, Niang, all those guys like. You're, you're a little deeper, but that starting five is is killer, and it makes a lot of sense on paper. And, um, you know, if they can continue to sort of grow their chemistry, like I think they could be a pretty awesome team as presently constructed. So I I would be very hesitant to uh, to break this up. And it's just the, the, the thought that, like, that they're interested in Durant and Durant would like to go there. It's like, okay, wh- what's the Durant-Harden-Kyrie dynamic like now? It's like Durant is still cool with Harden to the extent that he – like force a trade to his team, like, and then, but what's up with Kyrie? Like, aren't they cool? Is it just Harden it, and Kyrie that don't like each other? <laughs> and Durant can. Durant. I, dude, what I the fuck? No I have no idea. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I have no idea either. Man. It's it's just like those are my questions though. It's like where are they at with their? We know Durant and Harden are cool, right? Like you said, they're in Europe, like just fucking partying, going to Travis Scott shows and shit. Like, is Kyrie like the odd man out? Is Durant like the middleman? Where like. Durant's tight with Kyrie and Harden, but Harden and Kyrie hate each other. Like, is that is that what it is? I don't know, but I, I just I'm curious about that uh, that little dynamic. But uh, 
Fucking weird, dude. All right, let's move on. We're, we're gonna we'll, we'll wrap this up quick for everybody. I know we're getting over an hour here. Um, Toronto Raptors. We were joking before this. We'll probably spend maybe like two minutes on them because they didn't really do anything. Uh, they they, yeah. they re-signed Thad Young. They re-signed Chris Boucher. They signed Otto Porter to a two-year, twelve point three million dollar uh, contract. I thought that was an excellent pickup by them. They didn't have a first-round pick because they traded it for Thad Young, and they had the thirty-third tri- pick, and they drafted um Christian. Coloco from uh, from Arizona, who seems to be a a pretty decent pick. I know he did some good things in summer league, but yeah, man, uh, we we t- we touched on it, dude. Again, another Atlantic team that is tied to Kevin Durant. It's so weird. I would not give up Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. I don't care. I don't care. As soon as you say Scotty Barnes, they should definitely say no. Obviously, they have some other pieces that they could, but I don't think Brooklyn's going to do that. But yeah, man, I thought Toronto had a had a decent off season. Um, they just you know. Kind of do what the Raptors do, do what Masai does. They got an excellent coach in Nick Nurse, and Toronto made the playoffs last year. Scotty Barnes is only going to get better. I think this team is, is is a team to watch as they move up the standings a little bit. So I, I have no issue with their offseason. I thought it was I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, really nice little offseason. Like you said, not the most exciting, but like first of all, how many fucking two way forwards can one team have? Because, like, in addition to OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Precious Achua, they re-signed Boucher, they re-signed Thad Young, and then they bring in Otto Porter for two years and 12 with a player option on the second year. So it's like they've just got a, a glut of these these two-way long forwards. It's 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 insane. Like, they're almost becoming, like, a caricature of themselves because that's what everyone has always said is just, like, the Raptors, that they're just obsessed with these, like, six eight six nine forwards that can defend and it's like they've got so many of them right now but i like it man it's kind of their identity it's the the way that they play defense like this is um this is in line with their brand and uh and it's cool i I thought boucher for sure was gonna be scooped up by somebody else um i I liked him as a potential uh fit with the bulls there was a few teams that were mentioned but um to get him back at three years 35 is pretty reasonable two for 16 for thad young seems reasonable two for 12 uh, for Otto Porter is is very reasonable, and yeah, man, like uh, I thought there was a good chance that they would trade OG Ananobi. I suppose that still could happen. As a Blazers fan, I was kind of hoping that would be the guy that they get. Like I, I would have been more excited about him than Jeremy Grant, but uh, they didn't trade OG. And as a big OG fan, I say that's smart on the part of the Raptors. I think OG's a monster, and then. Uh, and being unwilling to trade Scotty, again, as a big Scotty Barnes fan, I get it. Like, I'm on board with that, too. Like, those, those are my two favorite Raptors. So this is going to be a good team, man. Like, people last season, a lot of people didn't even think they were a playoff team or even a play-in team. And they won 48 games and finished with a fifth seed. Um, I think that's their floor this year. Like, I think if this team's healthy, I think they're a top-four team in the East. Like as long as one of their main guys doesn't get hurt, like they're loaded. When you look at Van Vliet, Gary Trent, OG, Barnes, Siakam, like I got to think that's their starting five. And then with like Boucher, Otto, Thad Young, Precious Achua off the bench, like four just like long forwards who can shoot, defend. Malachi Flynn could have a nice year for them. Like that's a – that's a squad, man. With Nick Nurse at the helm, I'm Miami really high right? on this team. I'm really high on this team. You think Miami yeah, is really a little bit? Yeah, I like it. We'll save. We'll save that for the preview, man. And let's go. Let's go to the last team. 
Um, the New York Knickerbockers. Um, they traded. I'm sorry. They waived Todd Gibson. They traded Nerlens Noel, Alex Burke, and Kemba Walker to Detroit to get salary cap room. They signed Jalen Brunson to a four-year, 104 million dollar contract that the Dallas Mavericks did not match. Um, yeah, I thought the Knicks had to do it, and I would be. This is again. This is the other reason why Brett and I were kind of delaying talking about that at the Atlantic uh, Division is because we wanted to see what would happen with Donovan Mitchell. I I want the Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell. I think it's going to be good for New York. I want to see Donovan and Jalen Brunson play together. But yeah, man, I I, I like the signing of Jalen Brunson. I really do. The Knicks had to do something here. I do, I don't blame them for signing Jalen Brunson. Um, yeah, man, I I thought they had a fine offseason. I really I really again I cannot complain too much about the Knicks. I think they have a very interesting squad. I'm a little bit surprised that Julius Randle is still on the roster, but apparently they want to see how Julius Randle plays with, with Jalen Brunson. I mean, we are two years removed from him being an all-NBA player. So, yeah, man, I really don't have any complaints about what they did. They would get probably an A from me if they somehow were able to get Donovan Mitchell. But, yeah, man, that's where I'm at with them, dude. How, what do you feel about the New York Knicks offseason? I don't know. I just don't see a playoff team when I look at oh, this squad. No, like, no, not at all. Not at all. So like, so, so then what's the fucking point? Like, you know, I, all right. So the, they traded the number 11 pick in the draft and Campbell Walker for three protected future first round picks. Um, I get that it was to open up space. So they, I think they opened up about $18 million between Kemba's contract and what they would have had to have paid a, a lottery pick. Um, and that sort of enabled them to sign Brunson. I don't, the money is not the problem with Brunson. You said it was four years, 100, four years, 104, something like that. Yeah. So like 25, 26 million a year. I think that's reasonable for Brunson. Like, I think he is that caliber of player. Like when it was talked about that he might get 25, I remember thinking like, I don't think he can live up to that. That's steep for him, but. When you think about the way that the the salary cap is going to increase in the coming years, um, that could end up looking like a pretty good contract. I mean, he's a he's a very nice player. Like, make no mistake. My issue with the Brunson thing is just the fit. Like Brunson, because like your guys now are Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randall. And this may sound weird, but I feel like they're kind of like slightly different versions of the same player like I, as just like these kind of score first playmaking lefties like i don't know like i don't love the fit and like i said when i look at this roster i don't really see a playoff team so i don't know i i can't complain about the brunson signing like yeah you want to add talent he's a very good player it's he's going to be playing for like his dad his godfather his fucking grandfather his uncle his cousin is that's a little weird but uh, i don't know i don't think the contract's bad it's just the fit is my concern i like that they re-signed mitchell robinson i i may be in the minority here but i think four years 60 million is a pretty good value there for mitchell robinson like as long as he's healthy i think he's easily worth that i think he's a lot more special than people realize as as a rim protector as an above the rim finisher, as a vertical threat. Um, my favorite thing that they did this off season was Isaiah Hartenstein. I call him I heart, I heart radio, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Isaiah Hartenstein, but two years, 16 million for him is, 
is a really nice value. Uh, he's coming off a great year with the Clippers. He, he's an interesting player. I know a lot of people probably haven't seen a ton of him, but he's a like a seven-footer who can really pass the ball, um, rebounds really well, protects the rim, not much of a shooter, but a uh, very smart player who uh, it'll be interesting to see because th- they've got Mitchell Robinson, you have to think, as their starter, and then off the bench, you would have um, Hartenstein, and you got to think he's their second string guy with what they're paying him. But uh, Jericho Sims is another guy that I like, and that's the thing with the Knicks. I like a lot of their young players. Like I almost like their bench better than their starters, just in terms of like personal preference. Not that like their bench would beat their starters, but like their starters next year would probably be like Brunson, Fournier, Barrett, Randall, Robinson. And then the bench would be like quickly Grimes, um, Reddish, Obi Toppin, Hartenstein, and then like uh, Deuce McBride and, and Jericho Sims. I'm like, I'm almost more excited about the the bench group, but it looks like they're sort of going all in with this starting five and they're really going to try to make the Brunson Barrett Randall thing work. And look, man, on paper, I'm just going to say I don't like it and, and I don't think this is a playoff team. I, I don't think it's going to work with this group. And I think they're kind of going in the wrong direction. I think they should be leaning more into their young guys. And um, I would have liked to have seen them use that number 11 pick. When you look at some of the guys that, that were drafted, weird. that was weird. like, it, I, I get it. It was, it was about the Brunson thing. I'm pretty sure, you know, like it was shedding salary so they could sign Brunson. But like that, uh, I just don't, I don't think that's the right direction for this team. I just, I don't see any path even in the next, several years for this team to be like a you know a perennial playoff team or like a top six seed or something like that like do you i mean they might not be terrible no but, but i like, mean like dude I've, it's like I've, I've talked 40 about wins is like their ceiling maybe 42 wins is like their ceiling yeah but i've talked about it on this podcast before dude I, I i like teams i mean it's the new york knicks as long as james dolan is the owner they're probably not going to do much anyways like dude Get better, just 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 get better as a team. I know, and, and but like, but like, I, like cause I feel like we kind of had a similar conversation with the Wolves, and I think we were in agreement there. Where it's like you've got Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Fuck it, let's go for Gobert and and make this work. The Knicks is like we've got RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. Uh, let's bring in Jalen Brunson and uh and see how that pans out. Like it doesn't, it's not the same. Like it it, it it's not like an all all in move in the sense that it could get you to like title contention. It's like, does it even get you to the playoffs? Like, I'm not sure. Um, they're in a weird spot, but like, I, and this is not just this off season. This is probably going back a couple of years. Like where I just wish they kind of leaned into the young guys more like you draft Obi Toppin, you know, in 2020 as a guy that was billed as the most NBA ready prospect in that class, 23 years old, right? Older prospect. And he barely plays his first two years in New York. Like, why do you draft that guy if he's not even going to play? Like you draft an NBA ready 23 year old who to, has proven to be a very good player. Like it, it just, a lot of the stuff with them doesn't make sense. And um, I don't know. I don't, I just don't see a Brunson Barrett Randall core as like winning anything they might not even make the playoffs. I don't know. Not, I, I don't know what I would give them. Like maybe like a C, you know, I mean, maybe if, if Brunson can get a lot better, but 
dude, he's like 25. He's not, you know what I mean? Like how much better can Brunson be than what we saw from him in the playoffs? Like, I feel like that was probably his peak. And like, I don't know, man. It's just like, is that, that's your guy? That's, that's. Uh, that's the savior. Like, come on. Yeah, but I, I think I think they're going to get better, and maybe maybe who knows? Like, if you're a Knicks fan and you're trying to be optimistic, I mean, maybe you know Julius Randle can some return to some sort of form, dude, and they and they play that. They all just need the ball so much, though. Whether you know what I mean, like yeah. Brunson, Randle. I feel like they all kind of need the ball. They all want to create in kind of the same spaces. Like, it just none of them is a great shooter. Um, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't see the fit. I think in a vacuum, twenty-five million a year for Brunson is fine, but uh, I don't see the fit on this Knicks team. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster, um, but I also don't believe that it's ideal. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. But let, let, let's let's put a bow on this, man. That that's going to do it for us. This is a fun podcast, man, and we apologize to everybody that was so Kevin Durant driven. But like, it's big news, man, and we got to talk about it. And it's just you know. Three of the teams that are interested in them happen to be in this division. So Brett and I thought, you know, just, let's, let's just bang it out, man. So, yeah, we'll be back next week. I promise, dude, we're going to do a, a West Coast division. We don't know which one yet, but, dude, we'll be back next week. We appreciate everybody listening from myself and Brett. It was a pleasure, man. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.